Hello, this is the Potters Podcast. Two weeks away, but we're back. Yeah, international break. And we're back with the best game ever. Yeah, goals, seven goals for It's just an incredible game. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Got a young new goalkeeper in, Jim <laughs> Bergey. Well, I mean, we've had a bit of bad luck really, haven't we, with Davies and Gum all in the space of, sort of, what, ten days? Yeah, not long. Both so, injured and we've had to bring Bergey back from Doncaster yeah. to get in. Yeah, but we we just got to get on with it, haven't we? Got to march on, yeah, together. As fans say. Yeah, it's been an interesting week all round. I think there's been a lot of news we've got to discuss after the player ratings. Yeah. Obviously, the sad passing of Ray Clements, dementia top topic that's sort of taken over football over this last wow. coming week. Taken over the radio at times. Yeah. Week. Scotland qualifying for a tournament first time since it was 1998. How old was I then? 10? No, 11. Yeah, I was 11. last time. Yeah. I'm now an old man. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not great for them. Well done. It's took you a while. <laughs> well done, Scotland. You play in England, so you're probably going to get knocked out again. But uh, yeah, it's been a, a long, long week, really. Get, the weeks are getting longer now, anyway, aren't they? We're getting sort of on countdown now for this lockdown. Well, people have been talking about international football and should friendlies be completely scrapped? in footballing seasons I've never been a fan of them to be honest people pick up injuries and stuff it's not ideal um, I mean obviously when we were in the Premier League we used to have people flying all over the place for internationals and it, it just knocks the balance out a little bit when they come back some lads are flying from South America and, and maybe not so much at Stoke but in, in certain clubs I just don't understand why they're, be, why they're being played because I mean the amount of players that are coming back from areas outside of UK or wherever, where they're coming back with COVID. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Preston had two players coming back with COVID. Yeah. International football. It's another thing where, sort of, Boris has contradicted himself anyway, onto with a lot of things like, you can't be in certain social bubbles other than your own, but I'm allowed to go and knock on someone's door and blaster the ceiling for them. Yeah. <laughs> it is not my social bubble. So. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense as well. Like, kids can't go out and play football and be a part of the grassroots. You can't go to the gym, but people can go in factories with 100, 200 people with. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't, it makes a lot of sense. It, it seems very strange. We've had a few arrests around the area because yeah. of COVID-related incidents. You can guarantee, though, they were starting a rave in someone's back garden. It was all, I'd hardly say they're isolated incidents where there's like one person. It, these would be people's trying, just taking the mech of a... You just know it will. Um, it's, a, it's a strange situation at the moment, isn't it? I mean, people are desperate. Some people are desperate for reality. It's, I've, I've just looked at it as this time as just knuckle down and concentrate on work. Well, it's got to do something, yeah. especially when it's in lockdown yeah. like this. It's not very good at all, is it, really? Like I can say this, I, I genuinely think this sounds worse than the time before. Because the reality is, the time before, there was very, very many, there weren't that many people at work. You, you just spent the time at home and that was it. This time you're working hard and you can't do anything. Yeah, it's, it, it's worse this time. But we'll get through. We've only got a week in a bit now, hopefully, as long as things kick back in. We've got yeah, the... I mean, I think Boris is on tomorrow, isn't he? And he's going to say what the restrictions are with tier one, two, and three. They're apparently going to be a little bit stricter. There's a lot of people who say they're not going to take this, uh, what's it called? Um, cure, whatever it's called, this vaccine. I don't get why. I don't know why these people are I'm straight in. I won't go stoke again. I won't get out and do what I want to do. I mean, I've caught it, so I've been out for three months, but if, not everyone's so lucky. Well, the thing is, if it's as safe and as 
successful as they say in the on the news. I don't understand why anyone would want it. Yeah. It, it makes no logical sense to me. Because it's saying it's, it's not 100% safe because they're rushing it through compared to a normal vaccine. Normally a normal vaccine takes between one and two years. to. Well, be as long as they don't start safe. growing feathers off me, I'm not bothered. Well, you, well, you, you might grow <laughs> feathers somewhere strange. else. <laughs> you see these strange men. You might have to sort your, your jeans out so you can yeah. put a tail in. Yeah. Why has he got one foot bigger than the other? Who is it's the, the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, to me, uh, we just won't get back to normality watching football during the gym. Yeah, speaking of football, it's all fell apart down Vale Park. Well, I, I saw a little clip it's about Vale uh, yesterday saying, we're missing the fans. I was thinking, what, what fans? What fans? <laughs> the good 15 and turn up. Joe will not be happy with that. Joe, <laughs> Joe will not be happy with that at work. She'll be like, pull the rare out. How dare you ever go up my Vale? I will. <laughs> well, crew lost as well, so it was a good day all around for Yeah, them. well, not really. I don't really give them one because well, I never have done, really. Yeah. Even when we played against them, I was like, Cheshire folk, aren't they? Now, really do. Well, well, if you blink, you go past the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going there once, never again. Horrible place. Oh, it's Horrible place. Sorry, all the Stoke fans who live in Crewe. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's a lovely place, really. Oh, <laughs> just great, great to see you. As long as we're not offending the American ones in St. Paul or wherever it is, where all, all our little, little pockets of American listeners are. <laughs> right. Right, so we'll move into the player ratings. We'll get crack straight in. Joe Bersey, a landmark week for the young lad. And I tell you what, he looked confident. He looked like he looked confident on the ball. Still ship free though. Oh, it is still ship free, but let's be honest, I don't think a lot of that was his fault. I mean, to be fair, the opener he probably should have got his hand to, but I think he did it. I think he did okay. You know, it's his first game in a higher division. He's been playing in League One for the last couple of years. It's the same now. thing we said about Gunn a couple of weeks ago. He had a bit of a wobble at Swansea, and then. Obviously, after he got that first game out of the way, he looks a lot better. Mm. And maybe when, when he plays again, you'll see a change in him. Well, that's what I mean. After three months, we're going to go, oh, let's put Bersie in. Let's put keepers. Let's put Davies in. Yeah, like I say, he, he's, he's been rushed back in. He's been at a different club. He, I, know, I know he's only on loan, but it's still going to take him, I still think it'd take him a couple of weeks to settle in. I tell you what, one thing I was impressed about him was his confidence on the ball. Yeah. He looked really good on the ball. Yeah. He, he never seemed panicked. I, to be honest, I was impressed with him. He's only twenty years of age. He's he's leading his game. Yeah. First time at Stoke, so it shows like that'll be, bring a lot of confidence in that they brought him back because we've got another good young goalkeeper in Blondie, who's the reserve goalkeeper. Who, I mean, it's not very good for his confidence, obviously, but he's the younger man from what I think. Yeah, but then it could push him on at the same time, couldn't it? Well, the thing is, he's, it's they've had to, we've had to bring somebody back from loan to play in. That should, for me should make him think, right? Oh, maybe I've got to do more. If I want to get a chance, I need to do more than what I'm doing at the moment. Well, hopefully, to be honest, I, I think he he's ready for a loan next season uh, when we're in the Premier yeah. League. Good loan spell. I'll give him a six. I thought he did all right. Yeah. He, he, he made a mistake six. for the first goal. Oh shit! Three goals. <laughs> wait till his fault come on <laughs> right Tommy Smith back in it right back against his old club had a couple of bads I, I, I'm not rating him I, I'm sorry I know he's a, people like him and they think he's underrated this that and the other but I don't think he's a wing back and there was a clinical foul in the second half that led to the third goal as well that I, I wasn't really impressed with I thought no. what are you doing 
Yeah. I'm not going to jump over the board and go, he was absolutely horrendous. Get him out of the cup like I did with Danny Bart. I'm not going to yeah. over, overstep. But I, th- I think he's he didn't do anything of note yeah. in the game. He didn't create a chance. He didn't put a good cross in that was put away. He, he was like, yeah, he's there. Yeah. No... It, to be honest, it's like that most weeks. Isn't it? It, he's, if he has a good game, he's only really a seven. Do you know what I mean? He never sets it. He's, he's, had, a cu- he's had a couple of games, hasn't he? Where he's been above a seven, where he's, yeah. he's done really well, put balls in, scored the odd goal. But I'll give him a six. Mm. Didn't impress me at all, to be honest. The thing is, with this scoreline, even though it's a, a positive result, you've still got to look at the back back line. He shipped three goals at home. Two yeah, ways he scored, about scored four. So, yeah, like Kevin Keegan. I'm not, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that, like. A lot, a lot of people are saying to me, well, I can Stoke get in the playoffs and can Stoke get promoted and stuff. Well, yeah, but you've still got to look at that. As If you're looking at it as Michael O'Neill, he'll look at that Saturday night and go, still shit three goals at home. Yeah, but you've still got to look at it on the other side. You've still got to look at it. There was a new goalkeeper in. Yeah, yeah. There's a change back line as well. Yeah. You know, Fox but the defenders game. are there as well, aren't they? Well, I don't see Fox as a left centre-back. I don't know what's happened to Nathan Collins, to be honest. I don't know if they've just rested him because of his hand. He should be in. He's better than, definitely better than Morgan Fox as a centre-back. I can't see Fox being at Stoke by the end of the season. No, I'm, I'm hopeful. That I can't remember how many years they have in his contract, but if it's one, it's all at the end of the season. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's not a lot. Right, Harry, so have you, did, did you... Did you rate him? I'll give him a six. A six, solid six. Right, Harry suited the brick wall. He wasn't so much of a brick wall when he slipped for 18, 18's goal. 18's goal, is he? It's it the rain's fault. <laughs> it was, well, he slipped all over the place. <laughs> that one, it was a bit bad. And to be fair, he, he had a tough game he did Saturday. Yeah. He was up against Fraser Campbell. We all know Fraser Campbell isn't the best player in the world, but he is tricky. He, he's a clever he's little quick as well. Isn't he's he? quick and he's clever. Yeah. And I think it was a good little test for Harry Suter. It's like a bit like welcome to the higher divisions. Yeah. You put up against a good, good-ish striker. He's, yeah. he's a good player for this division, Frazier Campbell, because he always seems to get good. Moves. He's scored goals in this division. Over he's years. scored goals everywhere yeah. he's been. Not yeah. many, but he's scored, he's scored here and there. I think, he did, I think it was a bit of a test, and I think he held it up well. I'll give him a seven, to be honest. Yeah, no, but obviously, the, the slip. He would have been hiding into the slip, but I think he played well. I'll you, give come, him. you come up against... To me, uh, well, like chalk and cheese as far as an outfit goes, Huddersfield just uh, from the last season. Yeah, I just think they looked such a, a more organised unit. I mean, last year they were kamikaze against us. <laughs> Some of the defending was horrendous, but they did look a much better side this year. Yeah, compared to last season, because yeah. I think that's that because the, their manager's got something to do with Bielsa. Yeah, um, he's either one of his ex coaches or something like that, but he's. He's, he's turned kind of Huddersfield round because... They lived dead and buried last year. Well, it was them Cowley brothers, wasn't it? Danny Cowley yeah. was manager last year and he examined... I don't know why he left Lincoln, to be honest. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. But yeah, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll say seven. Right, Danny Batts. <laughs> I thought he did well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had an assist for the goal, didn't he, as well? Um, he, he, yeah, he, he also... To be honest, made some vital tackles as well in that game. Yeah. Because I, I never doubt him as a defender. That's the one thing I don't doubt about Danny Bart. It's just everything else. That's that's always been his downside. Yeah. And the problem is when Morgan Fox is on that left side because he isn't a centre back in my opinion. I think it does ruin 
Danny's momentum as a centre back because he, yeah. he, he he struggles to move, and I keep saying he's like, you know, his nickname's the Fridge, and there's a reason for that because he's big and doesn't move well. I do feel slightly sorry for us at the moment because we haven't got a settled back to. Because every time we've thought that we've got a settled back to, somebody's got injured. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I've always believed that you, you're two centre-halves. It needs to be settled week in, week out. Fair enough. The odd game, midweek, you swap it round. I get that. But for me, Saturday in, Saturday out, you need a settled back to. Well, I think it's just... Well, I mean, because you went back to four at the back, back for the first time, I think that's a big indicator of why he's been playing three at the back, to be honest, because of this. Because yeah. we, we, we're too soft when we play four. But we've had good defensive displays in certain games away from home. But it's always been a different partnership. It's like when Suter and Collins played at Luton. Yeah. We look like they've never got... They, well, Bat was in there. Well, Chester was in against Luton as well. It seems like we're swapping around every left. Yeah, left I just think that, that performance away at Luton... They never look like scoring. For the majority of the game, you're just thinking, these, these could play till Monday, they won't score. Well, the thing is, they were playing a good system of trying to get the ball over the top and then try and bring forward. Yeah. And he's obviously learnt a lot from Bielsa in the creative attacking ways, and we saw that yesterday, because every, yeah. time, every single time we scored, they were straight back on us and getting yeah. a goal. But, I mean, Bajic made some a good clinical save towards the end, which stopped them equalising, and... But I think defensively, Danny Bart, I think he has only got a couple of years left in him. And he, he, I think he's all right in that back three with a suitor and a Collins next to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because they are the mobility that he hasn't yeah. got, so he can just defend. He can just sit there. He can just sit there and sweep, just basically yeah. be a sweeper. But I'll, I'll give him a seven. I think he did some good, some vital deaders as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll give him a seven, got an assist as well. And got, and there you go. So, right, so move on to... Morgan Fox, too many crosses came to the Stoke side from the left hand side. He's not good enough. No. He's not good enough, Morgan. No. I'm sorry to say it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. The only thing I can say is he, he was good at taking the pressure off. He was good at picking the ball and running it up. But other than that, he, get, he kept getting overrun all the time. All their danger came from the right hand side. He wasn't doing his job as a left back. And now, after that performance on Saturday, I completely understand why he's not playing at left wing back. Because yeah. he just hasn't got the legs for it. And he, he, the thing is, with him, I, I can see that he really wants to play this fight, this three at the back, but I think he's just using that to get results. Do you know, like when Nathan Jones and Gary Rowe were changing things round, and it was just failing, yeah. failing, failing. Michael O'Neill, what he does when he changes things round, he does it for the benefit of the players to get results. Yeah, and it works, and that's that's the thing. You you could see he was clearly trying to get a more attacking side against Huddersfield and get at them. The thing is, as well, with Morgan Fox, you've got to look at the fact that we sat here 12 months ago saying for the love of God buy left back yeah and it's like it's he's still. a number he's a number of he's, I'm not saying he is a left back but what I'm saying is he plays left back get somebody in because we're really short and, and it, to me it was just it's very much like the cousin signing like where he's come in for making the numbers up a little bit but the thing is he wasn't he was brought in to become first choice left back and after a couple of weeks, he's obviously realised there's a reason yeah. why Sheffield Wednesday didn't give this man a contract. It's quite I think it's all well and good sitting and saying that at the start of the season. He was going to be our left back. No, really, we want him to make the numbers up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That means come out, come out on Sky Sports and go, well, we bought him in for um, how much we bought, how much did we buy for? Ew. 
Boxes are fresh. Three is going to be all great. It's left back. I just don't know what. I just don't think the board upstairs or anything knows what a left back is. Mm-hmm. Well, like I say, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a number makeup. It well, it is now. Yeah, it definitely because, is now. Because obviously, with time, and even though he had a strong end to the season last year, a strong start to this one as well. But yeah, he's faded off a bit. He's now. tailed off again, and it, and and it's one of them in this division with the amount of games we've got. You need bodies, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to give him a five actually. Yeah, because of his poor defensive workings, I'm I'm not impressed. And no, hopefully he's only got a one year deal. Because if he's only got a one year deal, we could actually just get rid at the end of the season when we're in the Brent. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I think with the left back situation, if you can't find one, I'd have been tempted to go into the loan market a bit as well. Well, we tried. We tried that leave Liev. Davies and Leeds, yeah. but he's now gone into their first team pitches. He's, he's made like four or five substitute appearances now in one start, so you could see that we were trying to bring him in on loan. And it's obviously, and it's quite quick on because he played two friendly matches, Fox did, and then all of a sudden we're being linked to a left back from Leeds. What have we brought him for? Who brought him in? <laughs> <laughs> he's not that bad, but he's not that good either. Right. Copy again. Uh, John Ovi McKell. Important cover, but showed a yellow card first half as well, puts under a bit of pressure with that defensive line. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't um I wouldn't get on his back about a yellow card. He's that sort he's gonna get a boot to what through the season because of the way he plays. He's tough, battling. I felt, I felt like he got a little bit overrun a lot on because of the yellow card, because he couldn't make those clinical tackles just yeah. in case he got one wrong. But when you get a yearly yellow card like that, it, it affects your game all the way through. I think you said that Roy Keane said he hated having early yellow cards because he couldn't play his game properly, because he couldn't get stuck in. Roy Keane couldn't play his game because he couldn't kick someone into the stand once he'd been booted. <laughs> he was a very good player. Yeah, Roy Keane was. He was a brilliant player. He was a brilliant player, but just, I'm just saying most of the time, he stuck his boots in, he was in. Yeah, yeah but Holland to Oscar, me. Oscar yeah. Holland, yeah. <laughs> Eh, uh, I'll give him a six. He didn't really yeah, impress yeah. me. I think the early yellow card destroyed his game plan really, and I thought he did okay. It's like we started with all the okay players. Well, Can you give us well, some of the better ones. No, because the problem is when you play at the back, we we conceded four goals, <laughs> three goals. If sorry. it was four nil, it was like yeah, we'll go for Danny Barton eleven. So <laughs> <laughs> twenty-eight. <laughs> right, so we're moving to the higher parts now. Here, Sam Lucas. A welcome return and a very solid performance. First time of the season as well. Yeah, Much he, deserved. He's, he's our ginger god again. Well, he was our player of the season last year once he yeah, was on the podcast. Yeah. And the thing is, he's really not started well this year. Yeah. But I have to say, yesterday he looked like the Sam Clickers from last season and scored a very good goal. Do you think he was dead lucky because of that high foot? It was a bit of an high foot, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought he was quite lucky to get away with nothing for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rain must have been the rest of <laughs> The ref must have fell over <laughs> or got distracted by a pigeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did, but the thing is, that's what you get from Sam. He's 100% committed, isn't he? Oh, he yeah, I, I do like him as a player. I've missed these kind of performances from him because we, we, we've needed it, really. Him in the midfield, bringing the extra goals to the team. Uh, his goal it took very well as well. Beautiful bit of skill. Great trickery for going around two players. I mean, the defending after he's gone around the first two was absolutely wonderful. I thought Ronaldo would come to Stoke at that point. Man. Yeah. The great thing with Sam is, and it's what we saw the first time, was when he scored against Swansea. 
as people moaned at him for cheering in front of their fans what it showed us was he had passion for for the game yeah and the thing is he will battle and he'll battle hard he's been out of form and maybe we might see he might be <laughs> like a new shining for us as stupid as it is well I think it's because of the, the more creative because we went with just four at the back and a bit more creating up the top I think it's released him again because the problem is with this three in the midfield it's, he's too deep and he's struggling to get yeah. same with Nick Powell as well there's a struggle to get the ball up and Michael O'Neill changed it round to try and break through Huddersfield because he knows that they the play is, on the counter you've got, what you've got with Klukas is you've got goals so for me with adding Fletcher to it as well it, it just it just means we, we've got more attacking threat going forward and the thing is because Klukas has been a bit out of shape if we're getting back to the way he was last season he could he, do you know what I mean we could fly up the table yeah well we, we, we can't fly much are you can't well, we haven't flown to the top, have we? <laughs> well, I went away, you could do. <laughs> uh, I'd give him an eight. I think yeah. he did well, good return, solid. I, I enjoyed his performance, to be honest. Lucky not get sent off, which knocks him away from a ten. But <laughs> I think he took his chance well, and I think he had a good performance. Right, now, Jacob Brown. No electricity from like normal. Off, on, off. It's like a light switch, yeah, Jacob Brown. He's like Tyrese Campbell of last yeah. season. Yeah, we're going to get to Campbell later on. He reminds me of Campbell last season where he'd go, whoa, no, yeah. whoa, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about him. I remember a couple of weeks ago at Luton where he's one on one with the goalkeeper, tries square. It's, it's that confidence thing. He should be really going for goal. Keep his mile off his line. Yeah. I, I, I just, you see little things and you think, sometimes you think, yeah, he's ready. Then other times you think, he should be taking that on. Should we well, should it's like the Wolves' chance, isn't it, where he literally buried it and you're thinking, oh my God, what a play we've yeah, got. It's two, two solid performances. It's like Brentford. confidence, none. Confidence, none. It's like his confidence keeps dipping up and down all the time. It's like the Brentford game. He was absolutely phenomenal against Brentford. He, yeah. he, he couldn't keep him quiet. He was running everywhere, yeah. creating chances. And the, the thing is that he, he was brought off for, of course, the flood defence to try and keep it 4-3. And... I, to be honest, I thought he had a, he didn't have a good game for me. I wasn't impressed at all. I think Powell sort of take, took all the shine off him. To be honest, in this in this system. What worries me with Jacob Brown is he's becoming that player as well that when you're watching the game, you don't actually know he's on the pitch. Yeah, he's becoming he's becoming like Tom Ince. He's reminding me a little bit. Yeah, but you have sometimes you have bad players who play, and they making big bad decisions. So the the fresh in your mind. So like when we've been on the buzz in the past, you could why has he got a stoke shirt? <laughs> why? Because yeah. he's making critical things wrong. Yeah, like Danny Bart, he can go good. Yeah, average and all. Whereas that. with Jacob Brown, it's like, is he actually on the pitch? Like, yeah, you, 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 so, yeah. sort of, I don't know. Just it's like how Powell was when he first came. Remember when Powell first signed? Yeah, that's when he was under Nathan Jones. Yeah, it? you just thought, is he? Is it? Was that there? <laughs> Is he any good? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go, go five. five. Yeah. Not, not impressed at all. Stop copying off me. I'm saying that I copy. Well, to be fair, that time went the same time. <laughs> right, uh, Powell, another fantastic performance from Powell. Yeah, he, he, for me, he's been he's been key in the last few weeks. Yeah, what was him, what was impressed with the most about his performance on Saturday was how he was intercepting and moving the ball forward. 
He brought a defensive edge that I haven't seen before. I've seen, yeah. I've seen him look. He looks a little bit stronger as well. He can hold the ball up a little bit better. Well, he hasn't had a breakdown for a while on his knee yeah. either. So I don't know if he changed his diet, changed his systems. I don't just, know. He just seems a lot more calmer on the ball. For, for me, he's seen what we what we thought we were going to get at the beginning. Mm. No, if he can add some goals to it. Well, he has. He's I think he scored four this season already. Yeah. So. He's third or fourth top goal scorer at the club at the moment this season. Um, I, I thought he was unlucky not to score as well at, towards the end of the game. He had a decent little chance where he broke through. Bit of an half chance, but he, yeah. he got through. I was I was quite impressed by him. Um, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, he was really good. good. He was very great. I'll give it a seven to see. Everything went through him. What are you doing? So, oh, I can't. You <laughs> said eight. How have you done? Seven. That's, you can't give him a seven for that performance. You can't work with you. Oh. If a copy, I thought he went nine and I thought uh, he was charged him. I've got to save the biggins for last. Right, time. Stephen Fletcher. Now, best, best signing we've had for a while, in my opinion. I think he's, like I say, he reminds me of BT. Great at holding the ball up, but also can chip in with goals. Good in the air, knows where to be. I just wish he was 25. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only he's got great vision as well. For a striker, he's somebody who's passing at times. I mean, he's he's helping Tyrese no end because Summary's supply. Yeah, is, Campbell is, is really feeding off him. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the chance for Campbell's second, he broke it through, a little pass. He didn't even take him two minutes. Now, if that was... I don't know, Gregory, he wouldn't have even noticed. <laughs> he just sort of knocked him off. Where are you? See you. Yeah, it's that's that's the only heartbreaking thing is the fact that he's he's age and it's a shame really because if we'd have had him at twenty five, you could see him going on playing six seven seasons for you. It, it, it is heartbreaking, but um, what the thing is with Fletcher is that's what that's what the board need go right. That's what player we sort of need, but a lot younger. That's what we need. We need that person. Up front, he's going to support the younger lads. He's going to not just chip him with goals, but he's going to supply as well. Well, my mates had a question from work, and he put it to us, and it was a definite no from me. Stoke were linked to Fletcher years ago when we signed. I think it was Kevin Jones. We were linked to Stephen Fletcher because they came down. Was this when he was at Swansea? No, when he was at Wolves. Wolves, because he was in the Premier League once with Wolves. Yeah, and we were we were linked to him. And I, at the time, I was like, no, we don't want him at Stoke, he's, he's hopeless and all this kind of stuff. He said to me, do you regret it now? And I said, after watching him so far this season, and I know it's at a lower level, but he was a lot younger then. He was 25, 26 then. And I said, yeah, I do. I think he would have been a, ma- a brilliant player for Stoke at that time. Yeah. Second season in the Premier League, third year, whatever it was, I think he would have been a good sign. Oh, Cam, we blew hot and cold all the time, didn't he? Best player in the air, though. But he sometimes he'd, he'd do stuff like can you remember the goal he scored at Spurs at White Hart Lane? No, an absolute scream at his mouth thirty yards out. <laughs> Just like I, th- I think the week before as well, he'd been absolutely dying. Buffon was like, <laughs> get him off. But <laughs> Spurs scored from thirty yards, like top corner. Everyone was like, Who's, can we score from thirty yards? What? <laughs> Never. <laughs> that yeah, that's the thing is over the prem that that's sort of how a lot of players can go into. Oh, well, he was like Lee Chapman. Yeah. He was like my dad said it to him. He said he was like Lee Chapman in the eighties. He went on to win the title with Leeds. He was supposed to have been absolutely horrendous, two left feet. Yeah. But in the air, 
Dead yeah. amazing. Like scored yeah. top goal scorer I think for two years running for Stoke because he broke through the academy at Stoke. Went on to Arsenal. So, you know, don't bring him up again. I'll give him an eight. I thought he was very good. And if he took that chance where put Powell yeah, laid it back. Easy one that was, wasn't it? It was quite it was quite a cushy one took away. And if he got that I'd give him a nine. nine but yeah. I'm gonna give him an eight because of yeah. that mess. I'm gonna give eight. I do like his passing though. Somebody's passing for a striker. He's got great vision for other. He has. I can understand him. why he's played so long now because yeah. he's got that now somewhere. But James Peterson was the same. He was very clever with the ball and stuff like that. But I think the reason Fletcher's had a bit of a sketchy career is I think he's been moved to some bad clubs in the yeah. Past. I think his agents yeah. had a problem with it. He's had a nightmare. His, his agents. Right. So we'll move into the superstar and we'll all bow down to the king, which is Tyrese Campbell. Wow, it just gets better and better for me. I think he's the most natural finish we've had since Mark Mark Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to bring him up! Wow, that's got me. Mark, Mark Steen. That's a big call. He's a great player, Mark Steen was. He was, but is he as good as Mark Steen? <sighs> Mark Steen wasn't known for assists. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Could, could he be better all than Mark Steen? All, all good strikers should be greedy, shouldn't they, at some point? But could he be better than Mark Steen? He's got time on his side, Tyrese. My only worry with Tyrese is if Stoke don't get promoted within the next two seasons, he'll be gone. I think he'll be gone this summer if we don't yeah. go. I really do. I think yeah. he'll go. He's too good. He's the best striker in the Championship at the moment, in my opinion. Because of his assist make, he's not just a goal scorer, he creates as well. The thing is now as well, the worrying thing is, is obviously with financial fair play, is you've noticed more and more Premier League clubs dipping into the Championship than ever before. Champ- Premier League clubs used to be big habit for going abroad, always went abroad for players. Ollie Watkins at Brentford last season, 25, 26 goals I think it was, straight gone 20 million. No more than that, 30. And it rises to that, but it were initials 20. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and then you've but got the lad, at, the lad at QPR. He's, he's. Yeah, he's gone for £20 million plus for Crystal. More and more Prem clubs are looking into the Championship because they, it's Cause a cheaper option. Because they're leading. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. I mean, Ben Rahman hasn't done anything at West Ham, to be fair. I've said this before, I was, I was going to touch on to this, but we'll, and we'll touch... Yeah, go on, we'll talk about it now. I believe if Stoke go up, I'd take it back, full advantage and buy Championship players for the Premier League. I mean, yeah, well, hard good players I like in this division. If you buy the right players, then obviously it can work. I mean, that's the reason I think Fulham will go down this year from the Prem, is because he had a good squad. I watched him a couple of times last season and thought he played some good football. As soon as the season ended, they went and bought every man and his dog from all across the world yeah. and spent a fortune. And it, do you know any of these players? Not all speak the same language. You've yeah. dropped them straight in there. And that's why he's shipping goals for fun. You've done that with your Bradford style and Fifi bought like five Indians. Yeah, but Carl Lafferty scored 88 goals. <laughs> he, he could score that in his career, which he hasn't. <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? I just think, like, because, all right, you look at Sheffield United now. Where Sheffield United have gone wrong this season is now was the time to spend the money. Because at the start, when they first got promoted, they kept that, that core of the squad and played, and they did really well last year. They added one or two little players, and that was it. And they kept that team spirit and morale from the championship into the Prem, stayed up, stayed up comfortable. But then the second season, it's where a lot of teams fall down. Yeah, they bought too many young players. Yeah, and, 
you, you sort of that was your time going right the board needs to spend some money well they should have bought some players like James McCarthy from Everton or I don't know players of that help players well you lost a good goalkeeper so you could have done with getting a, go- a decent goalkeeper well they brought one in didn't they Ramsdale not, yeah but is he is it that big marquee signing Ramsdale not really well he's played well for Bournemouth haven't he mm. The thing is, they could have jumped on like the like the Ollie Watkins thing. All right, yeah, he's gone Villa. Why couldn't he go to Sheffield United? I'd rather go Villa myself. <laughs> but there was no bid on the table from Sheffield United. Well, they were too busy trying to get Ryan Bruce who scored seven goals. Got two players from Derby. Yeah. You in the second season? I understand if you'd have bought them two lads from Derby first season, because you've looked at it and gone, well, they were really good that season, so we'll bring them in. Yeah. Second season, you finished quite high as well, Sheffield. Yeah, tonight, bringing them two wing backs has killed Derby. They're going to go to League One because of those yeah, two players. Yeah, they were brilliant when they played against yeah, Stoke as well. Yeah, the only one who kept hold of was Sibley. I mean, right, so we'll go back to that and finish off. I'm going to give. I'm actually going to break boundaries here. I'm going to give him a nine. So you thought I was going to go up with ten now? I was <laughs> going to go with ten. No, if you scored the actual card, I'd give him a 10. Yeah, yeah but he took a deflection. Yeah, it's still. <laughs> it was a deflection, today. If it was a deflection, it's an actuary. Yeah, but if, yeah, if, if Tari had hit it, he wouldn't have gone anywhere, would he? He'd just still be still on the pitch. So I'm going to give him a 10 this week. I'm not having it. Can't be having, you can't be giving the first 10 out. Come on, Tari. I'll give him a 9. I, think he, I mean, let's be honest. big question that came up that people were asking me is how much do you reckon he's worth? Um, at the moment, I'd say about 15 million. No chance. I'd say 40 million hours. No chance. Oh, Watkins didn't go for that. Yeah, that's what he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll rise to. On that, appearances. Yeah, he'll rise to that. What happens if he gets injured now? The monkey's <laughs> still 20 million. Still 38. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've got, the thing is, you've got to look at the modern market. So when you, you think like you're going to sell him for 15 million, no chance. Not on the nowadays. Yeah, but you've got to remember what our board are like. I sold the Zonzi for well, seven that, million. That's, that's what we're going to talk about after. Would you trust our board? I wouldn't trust them. No. To, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them to sell a second-hand PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't. You might sell Tyrus for a bag of Arrow Sweets. We've got eight million for him. Isn't that good? No. <laughs> He's 21. Uh, yeah, I think I think nine's a solid... A solid Solid one. I think uh, we'll go to the whole team performances. I'm going to go... I'll go eight. I'm just going to go seven. I'll, I'll go eight because at the end Very of the day... Very bag. Defensively, we were all over the place, but at least attacking-wise, we we, were, we finished the game off. Great result. Great to watch, which was there. It would have been a great game to be there for. It would have been like... Oh, a great atmosphere. I guess, it, for me, they looked a good side at times, Huddersfield. They did. They broke well, They broke forward really well. They were quick at closing us down. They, they did put pressure on us. And Like I say, sometimes you can be overly critical of your own team, but you, you forget about how well the opposition have played. So, for me, yeah, there was, like you said, certain defensive errors, but they had defensive errors as well. Yes, they did. Yeah. It was very, very mixed. If, if it had finished four four, it wouldn't have surprised me in the slice. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, could have it could have easily been a draw. It could have been, yeah. to be honest. Right, so that's the end of that. And now we're gonna go into question time. It's back. And because of public demand, you've got to put the phone on the table. I never looked for it last time. They they have a they have a suspicion that you're looking on your phone. Well they've got a camera in here somewhere. <laughs> well if they have I hope they haven't. <laughs> 
Well done to Graham Lakin's black fire, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that gets on the internet. <laughs> oh, I like Spice Girl. <laughs> right, it's a swap round now, so this time the question's for me, is it? Well, yeah, because you fucked yours, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. It was quite obvious. It was obviously self-all, really. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, this is a bit like off the cuff, quite a quick question, but I'll get. I'll, I reckon you'll nail it, but we'll get. We'll go with it. Right. Can you name the last seven players to have played for Stoke and Chelsea? Last seven. Yeah. I'll have a think about it. Yeah. I I think it's reasonably. The thing is, it's one of them questions you could go a bit further back because there's quite a few. Don't do I get any clues because there's supposed to be clues popping up so you have to ah, think. So I'll give, shall yeah. I give you the first clue? Yeah. Alright. The first clue is the last one is... Oh, I know the one now. Actually, I think it's six. It's six, sorry. Bloody six. hell. Got people are over screaming now. No, no. I've made it easier for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who they are. Yeah, it is, Sam. Bloody hell. Do we know where we are, are you? I've got my readers on. Is it eight to nine? It's seven. I thought, I thought that was a different page, but it isn't. It's seven. It is seven. Definitely seven. Everyone listening, it's seven. Seven players. Yeah. I, to be honest, I think I'm a few short. I'm, I'm struggling. But we'll go with it. Right, we've got a guest anyway. We've got a special guest. We've got Angela Smith on again. Hello, Angela. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm always good after we win. Thanks. Are you good? I'm really good, yeah, I think we're going up, do you? Uh, oh, that's a, a big question, early doors, but I think I'll be very disappointed if we don't get in the playoffs after uh, the way we've gone. We just need a bit of luck with injuries, uh, certainly goalkeeping-wise, in the next few months, but so far, so good. Well, I think we've got young Joe Bajic. I think he, when you come down to it, I think it's hard to pick a number one at the moment. I mean, Bajic's come in and did all right. I mean, I know he was a bit scrappy with the first goal. They should have got his hand to it, really, but... You know, I thought he, he looked good on the ball for his age. You think he did okay, debut? I think his distribution's excellent. I, I, I think it's a, a big ask for anybody, however good they are, to um, to come into a team that's performing and um, and to do as well as he did. Yeah, we won four three, but on another day, we, you know, it's very difficult to analyse goals and not think so and so or a goalkeeper could have done done better for most of the goals I, I thought he had a pretty decent performance and whether he did or not that's our goalkeeper for the next few matches the fact of the matter is we haven't got anybody else apart from Blondie and he's not got the experience that Joe has I think it's strange isn't it from like what a couple of months ago we were thinking we've only got one decent keeper at the club to now looking like we've got three okay well one okay one and two decent ones really it's quite amazing the turnaround it is it's, it's great but um, he's a young goalkeeper and I think it's really early to judge him he's, he's still learning his trade and um, for the third goal for example he came out for the ball and uh, I think it was uh, it was slightly obscured by Suter um, if you come out you've got to get something on it haven't you but look he, he'll learn and I'm sure that the goalkeeping coach will speak to him and so long as it's positive criticism I'm sure he'll get much much better and his confidence will be on a high because what a week for the lad he plays for England and then he plays for Stoke I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's unbelievable at the moment. I mean, I mean, can you believe the change in a year? What's happened with Stoke under Michael O'Neill? I think the the ability to turn around a team that was uh, a bunch of well losers really um, <laughs> has been has been fantastic, and and the way he's uh, he's got 
Tyrese Campbell actually tracking back more because there was always people that felt Tyrese was lazy or not fit enough. Uh, and, and the person that's probably contributed more to Tyrese Campbell's game other than Michael O'Neill's confidence and enthusiasm has to be Stephen Fletcher. I think last time I spoke to you, I said I, I wasn't a... I, I thought he was somebody that we probably shouldn't have bought because of his age, but my word... I've eaten my words now because I think he's brilliant. I think he, you know, he pins the defenders back. He he makes space for the other forwards. He's just an outstanding, outstanding player. Oh, he is definitely. It's just it's just the the age is the shame, isn't he? I mean, if he was twenty six, you'd be dead excited, wouldn't you? We've got this yeah, incredible player. Yeah, if he was twenty six, we wouldn't have got him. He wouldn't have come to Stoke. Yeah, but you never know that. He might be a secret you know. Stoke fan. You know, there's there's a Scott a Scottish supporters club there. You never know, do you? <laughs> no, no, it's um. He's been a class act, and the other person that's been a class act for me this season has been John Obi McKell. I again, uh, when we signed him, I thought, wow, another old person. And uh, again, I thought, oh, Salis Joe did a job for Tony Pulis when he got the team up. But John Obi McKell is one super professional, isn't he? He's got so much time on the ball. He, he makes things look easy, and he's clearly had it, been a great influence at the back. Well, I mean, the performance defensively on Saturday was quite poor, to be honest. I and mean, I think it's because we went back to four at the back, didn't we, on Saturday? And now I can understand why he is playing this system at three at the back now, because of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we are looking on the left side, particularly on Saturday, where I, I didn't think too many players covered themselves in glory. Uh, it was obvious that we, we were struggling and they tried to get behind us. And I think Norwich moving forward will be just as big, if not more, problematic for us because they've got speedy players and they too will try and get in behind us, particularly on the left side. And we're going to have to work really, really hard to to win on, on Tuesday. But on, on in the last match, I thought his changes, whilst we all thought they were defensive, they were necessary because Huddersfield were pressing and pressing and we had to put up a good wall in front of the keeper. And then, even then, towards the end, Bursic made a good save. So, all in all, it was a great performance. Three points. I don't know how many people, I'll ask you a question now, I don't know how many people, yourself included, felt we would win that game when we knew we hadn't got a goalkeeper as such. To be honest, I thought it was going to be 3-0. Did you? Yeah, I did. I thought it was going to be 3-0. But I'm super confident at the moment, so I think we're going to beat Norwich 2-0. So, I don't know if it's just over-excitement or a bit of both. I don't, I'm not sure. Somebody put a question to me earlier on, which we discussed on the podcast, of how much do you reckon Tyrese Campbell's worth now? Looking at him, I think he's the most natural finish we've had for a while, to be honest. And I said it'd be, I think he reminds me of Mark Steen in many ways, with the yeah, way he I takes his agree. chances. But he also creates as well. And I know my memory's hazy as I was only, what, five or six when he played for Stoke. <laughs> I swear he wasn't much of an assist man, Mark Steen. No, Mark was a, an out-and-out goal scorer. He rarely made any assists. But I, I saw something somewhere, I can't remember where it was, when there were people doing comparisons with uh, Tyrese and Ollie Watkins. And I think, didn't Ollie Watkins go for quite a sizable amount? He, I think he went for about 40 mil, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he rises Watkins. to 40 million. And he's proving his, his money, getting his money back now. But then on the other side of the coin, you get somebody like Dominic Solanke, who... Who Bourne had paid? I think that was about seventeen or eighteen million for Dominic Solanke, and uh, so you would you would think that Tyrese Campbell had got to be worth somewhere in between that money. But life's changed now with COVID, and I, I think he'll have another season at least at Stoke before people come sniffing around him with serious intent. 
I was led to believe that there were some tentative inquiries about him in the last transfer window. But I think at this current moment in time, he's very happy at Stoke. He certainly likes Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill's brought the best out of him. And I think another season at Stoke would be great because, with any luck, he'd be playing in the Premier League with us. Yeah, next season, yeah. That's great confidence. <laughs> Did you notice nobody else spoke at that Yeah, moment? I know, I know you scared us like, Come on, what of you? Spin of confidence, come on. Come on, we're going up. <laughs> it would be just like Stoke. It would be typical Stoke to not go up automatically. I'd, I'd take it, by the way. Go to the playoffs at Wembley. Win, off, win the playoffs at Wembley and we're all stick, sitting at home watching it on telly. It would just be so Stoke-like. Yeah, it would be uh, all losing the final, not more likely. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> On penalties, last penalty saved. Playoffs, oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like the, the FA Cup final game home, just, I think the world wanted to swallow me up. Do you not think there'd be more confidence if we were actually there, though? The thing is, we're watching Stoke play ten times better than they were 12 months ago, mm. but none of us are going and watching the football. There's a big difference at this time. No matter what you say, none of us are enjoying it as much watching it on a stream. I mean, yesterday was the first time I'd started getting back to the anxiety, anxious Ange that uh, used to look at them and watch when, it, when he was giving injury time and then tried to say, how on earth can you give those many minutes injury time if we were winning? And if we were losing, why aren't you giving us more injury time? Isn't it something <laughs> insane about being a football supporter? Because it just is. There's something mad. But I was just... Anxious yesterday, as I have been for a long time supporting Stoke, wanting him to blow the whistle. Uh, but it was great when when you won. You, that, that's what you go for, isn't it? Those are the highs and the lows of being a football fan and putting yourself in a position where you've got no control over anything and it, it makes or breaks your weekend. I mean, I, I, people listening to this, if they listen before Tuesday or if they listen after Tuesday and we've managed to beat Norwich... Um, they'll be bouncing around and be very happy and, and if we win both matches then there's an extra spring in your step and that's what being a football fan does for you and uh, people who aren't football fans well they don't know what they're missing oh no I know yeah I don't understand people who don't like football like my dad said never trust them never <laughs> <laughs> never fan who said that <laughs> well Ryan Beard said that and he's been a bit of a popular figure around Stoke at the moment <laughs> Yes, he, I believe he's, um, he does quite a lot on Facebook these days. Uh, I'm trying to get him on the podcast, to be honest. Oh, that would be brilliant. But, uh, <laughs> you'll have to wait until there's a last-minute goal against the Vale. They don't seem to come very often, do they? <laughs> no, no, they, they were 2-0 up the other week and lost 4-3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a guy, a very old guy scored against them yesterday. It just goes to show when you look out, you look out. We've had bad runs of luck ourselves, haven't we? Oh, yeah, it's been like four years, I think. Four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. We, we fell apart but, you know, and people, People who are saying they think Stoke ought to stay down another season or we're not ready to go back yet, I strongly dispute that. Yeah, we'd have to spend a lot of money and um, we've been there before and we've had to do it before. But no matter what you say, it's the league everybody should be, everybody wants to be in. But we've noticed a massive difference, haven't we, as supporters, since we, since we weren't in the league. It's almost as if nobody cares about you on Central or North TV now because you don't exist. You just drop off a cliff. Yeah, you do. Nobody, you drop, nobody yeah. cares about you anymore. Well, to be honest, I felt a lot like that when we were in the Premier League. To be honest, I know we were more noticed because we were more talked about. But you know, even when they were talking about clubs like Stoke and Burnley, or whatever, it didn't take more than five minutes no, to mention Man United or Liverpool. They can't seem to help themselves. No, 
It's like if you well, because they're ill-educated. Yeah, basically, yeah. And it's like if you played a drinking game where, you know, you had a shot every time Man United and Liverpool mentioned in a topic about Stoke or whatever, yeah. you'd be battered, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, yeah, you would, really, yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, there's been a big topic this week. I want to just uh, talk to you about this week about heading the ball in football. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm a big friend of Dawn Astle's, who who runs the Jeff Astle Foundation, and is is actually one of Jeff's children. And um, very early on, when Jeff had dementia, and it was um, obvious that he was a very unwell person. Dawn and I were speaking, and um, Dawn, I, I, she'd done so much work to try and get this brought to the public eye, and of course now it's massively in the public eye, and, I, and I'm so pleased for her because the work she'd done for several years seemed to be falling on deaf ears. And it, it's quite clear that heading a football um, long-term causes a great deal of damage. Now, a lot of people said it was because the ball was heavy and wet in the olden days, and because they were proper leather balls, leather cases as they used to call them. And um, obviously the impact was greater, but now people are saying that even with the, the lightweight ball, the speed with which it travels, it's causing just, just as much damage. Um, certainly I, I agree that youngsters shouldn't be heading the ball as, you know, apart from the odd occasion in training. There shouldn't be training sessions where you head the ball. Uh, not at all. I, I think that... Um, when, when again, talking about Tony Pulis, he used to have players just running and heading the ball out, and I, I'm not so sure that that's a sensible thing to do anymore. But when you play sport, when you do anything in life, there's a risk. But the the thing now is to minimise the risks with um, with heading the ball and, and maybe do less heading of the ball than than in the past. Time's moved on, There's there's better research... But it's certainly a problem, and it's one that, um, being very, very honest, I, I do feel that uh, the PFA have been um, remiss uh, in working. And again, I'll go back to, to knowing, knowing from Dawn. She spoke to the PFA quite a long time ago, um, and they promised that they were doing research, and they hadn't done research. research. So um, it's, just, it's just a difficult thing. But when you look at people like... In the recent times, Nobby Styles, he, he had dementia. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's very hard for their families. And if I bring it closer to home, John Ritchie suffered very badly towards the end of his life. Um, and I know that John's son was speaking a lot with Dawn uh, about the, the effect and the impact it, it had. On, on John and his family's life and if you remember Big John some people will that listen to this yeah Big um, John yeah, yeah. Big he John was a class it. footballer who could head a ball as good as anybody as well as anybody that I've um, I've ever seen and um, it, it's just awful the, the impact it has on people's lives and again um, there was a, a photo not not long ago of a I think it was eight players in a in a Grimsby Town team who've all died from dementia. Shocking. So that you know that that if you think that just says absolutely, doesn't it? Um, the FA don't appear to have done anything. The PFA certainly didn't do anything, and um, I guess clubs have turned a blind eye because it might cost them money. Um, yeah. There's 
lots of new figures coming out about brain deaths, and eventually somebody will bring a lawsuit against against the club. So uh, it's got to be it's got to be sorted out sooner rather than later. And you've got Gordon Taylor, who's gets the best salary of any trade union leader. I think he's on around three million a year. He promised Dawn personally a long time ago um, to help, and he didn't. And if you ever get the chance to speak to Dawn, she'll tell you that the person that helped her the most bring it back to the forefront was Philip Neville. And as I say, I admire very much what she's doing. I hope she's successful, um, but it's certainly a problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I think the PFA have got a lot to answer for, to be honest, with helping people. Um, we, we had, I heard a story yesterday on 606 about Hull City's all-time top goal scorer, but I can't... Chils, Chilton? Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember his name. And, and she's literally... Her son's on about trying to sell a house because the PFA wouldn't fund his, his stay in a home to help him out because of his dementia. And I found it heartbreaking, really, that, you know, one of Hull, well, one of Hull's greatest ever players doesn't get help from the, either the PFA or from Hull City. I find it quite sickening, to be honest, that these players can go through it. I mean, John Ritchie, of course, was a Stoke legend. I mean, he had problems, like you say, towards the end of his life. And I I have a hope that if another player in the future gets dementia, I'd certainly believe Peter or John Coates would definitely help fund a home or something to help him. And I just think it's... I find it sickening that there seems to be no help. And football's a short game. And especially back in the day for older players, they, they didn't turn the you know, 400 grand a week like football is in now. And like... It's more critical at lower level. It's, yes, it's more critical more down the bottom ends. I mean, they were, I mean, somebody was talking about that clubs should help. And when you've got multi-millionaire owners, I can't see why not. To be honest, if, if these players with legends for your club and, you know, put their entire careers in, there's yeah. got to be some yeah. help from somewhere. No, I agree. It was Chris Chilton, I think, from... from yeah, Chris Chilton, yeah. But, you know, they, they've worked out that, and I agree with everything you say, and I do think that uh, the owners of Stoke City, who, let's face it, have been fantastic through the pandemic in terms of how they looked after the, the staff at the football club, and um, are to be commended for that, because the, what they've done is has been brilliant. And, and Stoke City owners have been great throughout as a football club. But when you look at professional footballers, I think they... Isn't it they're three and a half times more likely to die of dementia than um, than people of the same age or in the general population? So yeah. um, it's whilst they may gain in terms of you look at somebody like Terry Conroy who was very lucky that he kept fit when he had his aneurysm. They reckon that that helped him to stay alive when when he had the aneurysm. So where whereby you, you gain with one one side by having lower death rates from other major diseases because because you've kept fit. I, I wouldn't like the odds myself uh, of being three and a half times more likely to die uh, of dementia because I'd headed a football. Uh, and, yeah, you can talk about rugby where players have high instances of, uh, the, you know, breaking a neck or whatever. Mm. Uh, but we're all football fans. And um, I don't know if you remember going back to Jeff Astor. He, he used to be on a, a, a show. After he finished playing football, he, he was on a show... Um, where he came on and, and sang and stuff and did silly things. And towards the end of that, you could see uh, that he was struggling and, and he didn't really know where he was. It, it, um, it, it's really sad to see what happens. But experts are, have been investigating this for ages and um, they've now come, 
it's it's impossible to 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 say that it isn't a link. And I think Alan Shearer did bit well. I know Alan Shearer did a show about it, and he's had all the brain scans, etc. But um, everybody's got to recognise that there's so many questions that still need answering. But football is. Everybody talks about the global football family. Uh, and how they all come together in times of crisis. Well, they haven't come together for the poor old footballers of the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm. 80s who are, are still waiting for help. Yeah, the I know it's a complex issue, yeah. but um, something needs doing. It's a disgrace. Well, it's strange how that the, the really loyal players like Stoke have been lucky with incredible loyal players from the areas and stuff. Players didn't move around a lot then. So they'll, especially to like clubs... Like Stoke and Burnley, I keep using Burnley for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like West Brom and all that stuff. Their their legends sort of hang around, hang around longer than like a Man United or a, an Arsenal or a Liverpool, because they have top players bought every now and again, don't they? So there's replenished. But with Stoke, are sort of mainly remain, and there's a few in the eighties and this that and the other, but all real legends. Or in the time when the footballers didn't earn good money. Yeah, where they didn't earn a great deal of money. And yeah. then you, you, it's not just football, though. I mean, if you think it through, um, boxing, there must be similar things happening in boxing because you keep getting battered in the head, don't you? There's repeated yeah. blows to the head. And uh, how many boxers have you seen or, or know of that have had degen- degenerative new- neurological conditions? I mean, yeah. it, it, really, when you look at it, um, the research needs building on more. and. As I say, I think it was a couple of days ago, I heard that everybody was suggesting that lightweight footballs, it won't happen anymore. But some guy, some obviously very clever person, far cleverer than me, has said, well, that's not true because the speed at which the balls travel at now are much stronger than when they were heavy footballs. So the damage is just the same. Yeah, they're a lot faster than lighter balls are now. So it counteracts because they aren't as heavy. They move twice as fast, so it's... It's still a collision. I mean, there's a lot of problems with American football through it as well because of constant black linebackers who are constantly clashing into each other with their helmets on. They've got, they're having a lot of people who are getting dementia and stuff like that in American football. It, it seems to be a problem that they're not picking on, but my problem and issue with it is is that it seems like, for me, there's not enough being done by the authorities and the, the clubs above. I mean, how can Hull City let their all-time top goal scorer you know, his, his wife struggle and literally sell everything they've got just to like, keep him in and home. How, how can they let it happen? There could still be changes made actually on the day of match day as well. You've got to come back to like when Fabrice Moamba collapsed. You had to get a doctor out of the crowd to deal with the issue. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, the amount of money that's pumped into the Premier League, there should be somebody there. So well, it's, it's, it's just something I think that will go on for... For many years, and my honest opinion is, large sports associations like like the FA, like the PFA, like the Boxing Association, whatever it is, I don't really think they want an investigation, a warts and all investigation into the danger, because they know what they'll discover, they know what will come through. And then, in this world that we live in now of litigation, um, somebody somewhere, or several people, will... Um, will bring an act against them and, and want compensation. Mm, that's the world we live in now, I'm afraid, at the moment. Yeah, it is. It? Yeah. It is a shame. Cause I, I wouldn't want Heading completely gone away from the game because it would take away those great 
sort of movements maybe, and stuff. He did. I maybe think he should be more when there's when there's a, if you notice when there's a head injury at the moment though. I know they stopped the game, but maybe that player should be able to go off and be checked and somebody a substitute. Come yeah, because there's, there's a there's a big problem. I think a lot with head injuries where it's like quick, get him back on. Quick, is he all right? Yeah, so maybe he's just too much right, pressure. Because they've already talked, we've already talked about the five substitutions. Maybe he should be allowed to bring another player on yeah. while that player is being treated by a doctor, straight away off the pitch, treated by a doctor. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Like um, a, a full, they've got the one. concussion rule now, haven't they? Yeah, but I still think that's like sort of shoving them to one side and going, "Quick, is he all right?" And I think sometimes but not if there's it's... another player coming on. If another player comes on in that time, yeah, well, that, that, yeah, that, that rule isn't here now. What I'm saying is, is it they'll go to the side of the pitch and the manager's like screaming in his ear, "Do I need to bring the sub on? Do I need to bring?" And he puts everything. He's like, "No, I'm all right," but they aren't all right. Maybe but, it should. No, but what I'm saying is, if it's law, if it's like he has to come off, regardless of what he says, I'm all right. No, you're coming off. He will be checked by a doctor. I think there's a chance that. To be honest, I think if someone does have a bad injury, Andrew, they have to come off anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but you look at what UEFA did. They came up with a new guideline after after their own doctors um, researched heading, and and they said that um, their advice was youth players should do less headers in training um, and work harder on the neck muscles. So um, most people now, as I've said, uh, in reality, they that younger kids don't head the ball. They limit the the advice is to limit the heading, um, and I guess to get to see uh, if that makes a difference, there's going to be another 10, 15 years down the line before those youngsters uh, are in first teams or have or get checked later on to see if it does make a difference. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're not, you're not going to know till older years anyway, because that's what to mention only it's it's very yeah. rare it's under sixty or seventy. So yeah. At the end of the day, there's nothing much more we can do about it, really. I think yeah. I think it's been a big subject this week that's caused a lot of marvel. I mean, Chris Sutton's done, I think, some kind of TV show or something about it. And yeah. I know his dad's obviously sadly suffering from it. And, you know, my granddad's suffering from dementia as well. So it's it's something I'm quite passionate about as well. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's one of them at the moment. I mean... It, you don't know where I put it really. All, the only plea I have is that the PFA do more. They've got in clubs do more with the players. I mean, that that story yesterday of that whole city striker apps generally shocked me. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that because the, their owners are rich. Fair enough, they might not have a lot to do with the club. They could afford to give him a home till he till he passes away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I, I do wonder. Um, how many footballers, if they'd have known, footballers in that era more than ever, because they, as you rightly said, they didn't get the money, they didn't get the salary that people get now. Uh, not that money should mean that you can get dementia, but I think it's easier to give something up um, if you know it could it could be the cause of your death and a very horrible death for your family in later's life because your family look after you you don't know who they are yeah. or you go in a home we all know what happens with people that with dementia but I, I do think that um some people if they knew they could sustain the the amount of brain damage they have may have stopped playing playing football well um, yeah that's what i was going to mention about that i was going to talk about joe like back in the 60s 70s and even towards the the 90s to an extent in there's a few cases in the noughties where players who were clearly not good enough to play football anymore because they were too old kept on playing because they needed the money. 
absolutely. And that that to me, I think, where the big problem is in dementia, where players are playing into the thirties, even forties, especially in the nineteen twenties and thirties. It's happened all the time. I think Bob McCrory was playing in his late forties in the yeah. in the Stoke back line. So. I think there's a big difference between nowadays and then because the money's there where they can retire at 35, can retire at 32 because yeah. they, they've earned enough to pay off their house. Whereas yeah. before, they didn't have it and they played yeah. literally as long as they could. Yeah, to, to keep earning because mm. they needed to earn. But sports associations and, and, and governing bodies will continue to look away um, as long as they can because of the fact it might cost them but at the end of the day this is about human lives it's about life yeah. and how people live beyond sport and anybody who plays sport as I've said you take risks there's risks in daily life and you have to know whether you want to take those risks or not rugby American football we all know there's risks um, but if you don't know what some of those risks are because you're ill-informed or there's been no research on them then it's, it's hard to, to say, well, this could happen, this might happen. Um, and they, even then, you, you look at some of your teammates, for, like Nobby Styles or, or Bobby Charlton or Jackie Charlton, and then some of the ones that have, have, have not been harmed, and then you know whether you want to take the risk or not. But if you're not sure what the risk is, it's, it's hard to decide, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's what it's one of them, and it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to judge, it's hard to get it right or not because it, players like that in the past that had like I say played a lot longer, played more games as well during seasons as well. It was I mean the, the pitches were like pits. It, it was a, but saying that balls now travel four times quicker than they did back then, so the it, it, speed and. Like Kenwin Jones when he's heading some of them balls, the ball's going four times quicker. I think it's there's got to be more done. Simple as that. And I think sometimes there is, unfortunately, a bit of a, a difference in who gets help off the PFA and who doesn't. Like from what I've read, Nobby Styles did get a hell of a lot more help from the PFA than, for example, the whole City striker did. He got literally two week, two months of the home paid for. And that was it. They had to fend for themselves. Whereas, from what I've read, Nobby Styles had pretty much care all the way round and help all the way round. So yeah. it needs to be put out fairly as well. Just because he yeah. to played for the whole city in the fourth division, doesn't make any difference to me that if he's ill, he's ill. He needs help, and he needs yeah. care. I I agree, and unfortunately, life isn't about about being fair in terms of sports but it's it's a scandal and it, it needs addressing uh, unfortunately we can talk about it for ages and ages and, and it, it won't get any better but football we're, we're football fans and, and I think it's it's completely remiss not to, to address the situation right, yeah you're right yeah. right so we'll, before we let you get let you go and after a great interview there what do you think of the next game Norwich into we play next on Wednesday I think it's going to be one of the toughest matches of the season because um, Norwich are obviously riding high and, and I've still got some of the Premier League players. Um, they've got a prolific goal scorer. If they can keep Pookie fit, they'll probably uh, go up automatically. Uh, my concern is that they, they, um, they will probably have uh, had a better experience match-wise in terms of adult don't think people realise or, or when you analyse the game, when you've won, you, you think, oh, we've won, we did well, we dug in. 
But the amount of tracking back and the amount of pressing Stoke did on Saturday to get that win will have taken its toll on a lot of players. So it's how quick they recover, and there's very little recovery time, and, and how um, quick we come out of the blocks, because um, Stoke have a tendency to start slowly, uh, although we're scoring more goals. Again, we had less possession yesterday, and we seem to do better when we have less possession, and Norwich, will, Norwich won't be profligate with chances. So I think in answer, I think it will be very, very tough. I'd take a point now. Um, I hope we get all three. I'd take a point now. They'll obviously try and play on the keeper. He, he's now over his first match, so um, he, he'll be a little bit more confident. A bit of nerves must have been there yes, on Saturday. And then, of course, you you just hope that we take our chances and that Powell um, gets involved with one or two of their players and causes a few bookings because he's got that ability, Powell, hasn't he, to get under people's skin and mm-hmm. irritate them. Uh, Tyrese Campbell and Stephen Fletcher, I hope they, they perform as well as they can. And the most important thing will be the defence, um, how well they can stand up to the pressure that they'll be put under. I don't think um, Brown can have a bad match if he's he's picked again I thought he was pretty poor on Saturday yeah, was, so I'd yeah. expect him to play better and I think Tommy Smith is uh, due a better game so yeah um, if all things uh, fall into place we'll win 2-1 and if they don't I'll take a draw there we go then <laughs> right, I think three now <laughs> <laughs> right thanks for that Andy it's been brilliant it's and I'll let you get off and have a I thought, I, I thought you were going to come on and say hi and my name is Jimmy but never mind no <laughs> um, you ought to get him on one of your podcasts, you know. Who? Jimmy Carter, Rings Radio Stoke. Yeah, I've I've had a few guests on like who've been on there. We had Bryn. Yeah, Sheer Gold. Yeah, Sheer Gold, whatever his name was. We had Bryn on. Doesn't take a breath. <laughs> I couldn't get a word in. He's passionate though, isn't he? He's passionate, but he's, he's from Manchester as well. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. Why, why would you support Stoke? <laughs> I don't know, but Jimmy Carter is well worth you getting on. I'll try. I'll actually find him. I'm trying to get Ryan Beard on as well after he's. he's oh, that would be good. He's yeah, trying to become a stoke hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's a pleasure. Any time you're desperate, give us a show. Right, cheers for that. Look, thanks sure for that. Then. Right, sure on. Sure Bye. Thanks. Well, that was a great discussion with Anne. There, that was. Enjoyed that. Yeah, she's always uh, good for. Especially about the dementia stuff, because yeah. it's you know it's, it's, an it's, it's a very important thing, especially subject. for the PFA and all that stuff. But right, it's question time, and I need a clue because I'm missing two. You're missing two. Well, I'll give you a clue. Young around the club, way too long. He stayed for ages, um, and he never really played either. Hasn't had me at all. Um, See, I have this problem when you ask me questions. Mine's just a one man. <laughs> <laughs> Not six, seven. You're, you, you're a wizard at these sort of things. I normally am. Well, I got, I got two you didn't know about. Well, the thing is, I, I got off the question and it's turned out to be a bit of a, an old one. Yeah, an old old question. We've had to chuck one out, put one in. We've had to like reevaluate what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, well, my question, let's be honest, it wasn't that good. It lasted 14 seconds. I know who it is. <laughs> right, so what's the clue then? You've got it for the, for the, for the all other ones as well, because there's two missing. So, which ones have we got so far so the listeners know what we've got? Right, because we're getting in with this anyway, because I don't think there's much else to talk about. No, I think we're coming most things with arms, don't we? Yeah, so um, I've gone with Kurt Zumi. Yeah. John Ogden McCall. Yeah. Van Jinkle. Yeah. Who else did I say? So you've got th- there's three then now. 
Who else? 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 Who Michael Doobie. Michael Doobie. <laughs> Recent? Yeah. I can't think again. Oh, Robert Tooth. Yeah, right, we're down to the last two. Glenn Johnson. Yeah, we had yeah, Johnson, that was the other one you forgot about. There's two left. Two left. Two left. One barely played. Yeah. Stephen Ward. Don't <laughs> <laughs> oh. a clue. Yeah, that one. Well, clue, Same yeah. first name as what you've just said. Stephen. Yeah. Ireland. No. <laughs> I can't think at all. <laughs> I can't think of the other two. Do you want me to tell you another club we played for? Yeah, go on. Actually, then. probably his most successful time there. Ready. Steve Sidwell. Sidwell. Sidwell was ever going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> right, last one. Right, I thought he played well at Stoke. It was only a loan spell, and it was 2014-15 season. So when Stoke were flying, to be fair. Victor Moses. Yeah, that's the one. Victor Moses, of course, forgot all about it. He played well, actually. Was he second and player of the year? Yeah, he did really well. I know he started with six names, then seven names. <laughs> I got confused because I had put two in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let us be more what you've forgotten. <laughs> what about Brendan? Somebody. Brendan? That's what happens when you read a question with 30 seconds to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine, well, mine was... Who's, who's Wales is all time Peterborough Calder and played for Stoke and was left in Everton well so forth <laughs> well that's not that's ruined it <laughs> oh I can't believe that right match predictions for the next game I'm going to go 2-0 Stoke against Norwich I'm going to go 2-0 2-0 that's a bit right <laughs> right you know where we are we're on all good platforms all good internet providers will provide them platforms. <laughs> so we'll provide some questions. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's gone because I was just thinking of players. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just put in Potter's Podcast. We've also got a group where you can join in and have your say and chat about everything still, which is the Potters, which is also on Facebook. If you want to get involved, just go on there. We can, there's also the messaging links where you can message if you want to get involved or you want to be a guest. And that's all I can say. Come on, the mighty Potters. One step, we're going up. Ta-ra. Sure, all the best.